slash TV time. Today we're talking about Fatsma episode five, which was my favorite episode so far of the series. I'm so hyped to talk about it. I cannot wait to talk about the Zafar entrapment thing. It was so dope. I did not see it coming at all. It was great. I am not drinking anything at the moment, but I do have a half a strawberry milkshake in the fridge that I'm very excited to go back to. Did you make it or did someone at home make it? How no, it? I bought it and I drank half of it and then I put it in the fridge. So hopefully it's still good. Wow. Well, that sounds really good. You should put it in the freezer though. Won't it get like all grainy? It'll be easier to drink out, out of the fridge, won't it? But it'll get too liquidy. Mm. Maybe I'll freeze it for like 30 minutes or something before I take it out. Yeah. What about you guys? Any tea? Nope. Just a big Coke per usual. <laughs> Just an hour ago tea for me per usual. <laughs> okay. Well, I have something new to add to this section since the title of this episode was the window seat or window side. When you're on a plane and you have to choose between oh. the aisle and the window, where do you go? Aisle. I don't like bothering people. I have to aisle all the way. Yeah. Really? I always have to pee. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yep. No, I go window because I never pee on planes if I can help it. So I just want to, like, be able to lean that against was, something. That was me when I was younger, but I, I think my bladder just shrunk. <laughs> As I got older, I, was, I like, must pee now. Yeah. On every- also, like, if you, ha- it happened to me this past time that I was flying. If you have a connection, it's just, like, very stressful. Yeah. If you don't. Like, if you aren't able to get off the plane That's true. as quickly. That's true. Okay, so the consensus two out of three votes is... Strong survival, survival instincts, self-preservation. Also, Fatima might murder you if you're on the window side. So, you know, yeah. be careful. Wait, okay. Well, I don't know if I can ask this now or if I should wait. <laughs> you should wait. But you is should she wait. dead? You should wait. Okay. <laughs> okay, just edit that out. Edit that Edit that out. Um, okay. Dead. So now Sophia is going to get into what happened in this super exciting episode, in my opinion. Okay, I I think it's funny. I, I really wanted to hear you guys' reactions because it's also been like probably my favorite episode of the of the Hell season. Yeah. Um. And it's, I don't know, we had previously talked about there being eight, but there's only six. So this is a penultimate yeah. episode. We were so ignorant. When, why did we think that? I don't know. So we don't do our research, clearly. <laughs> so I might be wrong, but like, it seems from the recap that there's like, it's still at the gas station again. And like the the police get a phone call in like, there's a suspicious vehicle, whatever. So, like, basically, the police are now looking for that beat, like that pickup truck that Fatma and oh, forget the other guy's names. Was his name Yusuf? I don't or remember. Something? Yeah, Yusuf is the. Yeah, it might have yeah. been Yusuf. Yeah. So the police are like, crap. So now we know that the police are after Fatma, and so she's like in that in that car in the police car. Um, and this woman is like telling the police that she thinks it's wrong for them like to let her go with this guy because um, like she's probably being abused and like all this stuff and what we mentioned we talked about last time and then 
oh no and then somehow Fatma escapes the car I I really did not catch that maybe I wasn't paying enough attention yeah she just gets out of the pickup truck when she realizes that police know that something fishy is up okay so then um Mine, I had I always forgot her name, but now I remember it. Uh, Mine, who is uh, Fatma's sister, comes to Kadriye's house, uh, looking for Fatma. But Kadriye like doesn't know who she is. She's kind of like trying to figure out who she is. So she thinks like maybe she's a lawyer, maybe she's a real estate agent, maybe she is. I don't remember what the other option was, but she like has no clue that this is Fatma's sister, um, and. Like, she doesn't say much. She just says she's looking for Fatma. And Kadri is like, why? Like, this is not Fatma's house. Like, Fatma's all alone. Like, she has no child. She has no husband. Like, she's all alone in this world. But at least she has a job and she cleans houses and she cleans them all. Um, And I don't know. This is my reading on it. But it kind of seems like the sister feels a little bit guilty about it. Like, she's finally realizing, like, how shitty her sister's life is. I don't think she knew where she lived. Um, so now, like, seeing that very dilapidated house, she's kind of feeling some guilt for being crappy to her sister. So then we see Fatma on a bus, and she's, like, really exhausted. Um, she gets home at night, and she, like, falls asleep, but she has, like, some sort of flashback of this guy used to coming to, like, hurt her. And she wakes up, like, really nervous. So she goes to talk to Kadri, and she says, like, you know, I'm going to the village someone told me that the fair is there um and i don't remember if she mentions the blood money thing but like clearly that's a motivation for fatma to go after zafar because he clearly took a like a huge amount of money from her or like from the settlement that they got for their child and so kadria decides to to come with i guess she's from the same village is my understanding yeah um also didn't Kadriya have children or did I make that up in my head I don't know well anyway so Kadriya is like I'm coming and then she just like uses diabetes as an excuse for like everything (laughs) from this moment on she's claustrophobic because of her diabetes (laughs) which is like super confusing so all the while um the police are at the mall because I guess they're investigating Ekber's death. Um, well, like, that's weird to me because, like, if Ekber was, like, a mobster, why would the police be investigating his death? Anyway. So the police are asking this, like, dude who does not seem to know the ropes that well. Like, who's working today? Who's missing? Like, give me the list of the people working here and who didn't come into work today. And he's like, oh, yeah, Fatma Yilmaz didn't come into work today. So clearly that like raises a red flag and this guy calls everyone basically. Um, like all the other police stations to warn them like this woman is probably like a suspect or something. Uh, so in the meantime, Fatma and Kazriye are buying some bus tickets to go back to their village and they have to give their IDs. But this, and I guess there has been a lot of buildup to this from other episodes, Fatma's ID has her photo like very blurry like I guess it doesn't even have a photo at this point it's just like a white spot which will come in handy and that came up in a prior episode too I don't know it was the first or the second yeah yeah Yeah, when she went to the police station for the first time 
they like said she needed to update her ID. Um, and so she, like, this woman Kadri is like being really obnoxious and she's like basically saying that everything that Fatma has, she like owes to Kadri and Ismail. So like, like she has to buy the tick the bus ticket and she has to give her the the window seat because she's a diabetic and like I don't know she's being really obnoxious uh and oh and she's like you you guys are doing something shady I'm sure like it's gonna come out like don't you worry um and so they're about to get on the bus and, and then we see uh, Mine at the mall talking to one of Fatma's co-workers and she's like oh do you know Fatma Yilmaz whatever and the sister's like, oh yeah, I know her and don't be scared, but I think something is like shady is going on with her. Um, she was supposed to go to this author's house that she goes to after working here. Um, I don't remember what she says exactly about them being shady, but she does say like, that's something that Fatma is like involved in something. Yeah, I think mm. it was just like, oh, like I'm scared for her because the police are looking for her. That was the vibe I got. Mm. Yeah. Um. So then, like Fatma pretends that she's going to the bathroom, but I guess she just goes to see the water. I thought she was gonna run away, but um. Then we see Emine in the parking lot of the mall, and this car like parks right behind her, and so she gets really angry. Turns out it's Vidam. And Bairam like threatens her and tells her that she needs to tell her sister to give her what's hers. And then he breaks her, uh, what, what are those like called, lights called like hazard light? No, those uh, are headlight. I mean, I don't know. Just, headlight. Yeah, is that right, Sammy? Am I making that up? Clearly we're not car Clearly owners. Not. Is he, well, car drivers. Really, it could be called anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it has to be a headlight. Well, I can't okay. think of any other word. That would describe that. Okay, so uh, then word. he leaves and... Huh? Sorry, just what a weird word. I never really thought about it, but that makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, like, then Emine starts, like, fighting him and he gets more angry and she realizes that she's kind of scared of him and he, like, almost, like, take, well, does he take her out of her car? They don't actually show it, do they? No, no, he doesn't. But, like, he just threatens her. Okay. So then uh, Mine decides to go to the police station. And the police, like, finds it suspicious that both Fatma and her husband have disappeared recently. Um, and I didn't really catch any conclusion in that section. Oh, they show her these photos that are really blurry and you can't really see anything. Um, and they're like, oh, this is your sister, right? And she's like, well... I can't really tell because you can't see anything. So I can't tell you. But I guess she like knows that it is Fatma. Yeah, I think that's when she realizes then, that Fatma has been out murdering people and she's very proud of her. <laughs> is she though? I don't know. Proud of her? I think I think she's like, well, then the guy tries to shame her and be like, well, if it, if you were a good sister, you would know if that's your sister, which is absurd because also the pictures you can't see anything so basically she realizes that she's not going anywhere at that point so then um some roadside police get the alert that Fatma is like on the loose and she's on this bus to Eski Shahir and like they get the license plate and so they stop the bus um Fatma is having a conversation with our dear friend Kajriye 
where Kadri is like, yeah, well, um, your husband gave us like, basically like she tells Fatma that her husband uh, gave them like some blood, some of the money from Moses' settlement um, before he died or who knows when. And so now Kadriya inherited that money from her husband. And she's like, well, I can't give it back to you. So don't even ask. It's like very bizarre. But basically we find out that like Zafed has been like just doing whatever with all this money and like left Fatma to deal with her shit on her own. Um, and then Kadriya is like very nervous because she like realizes that, oh, because Fatma threatens her. Um, and like her blood sugar is low and like so Fatma like stabs her with the insulin but I guess she gives her too much insulin yeah but I don't know if it's on purpose it or later because I think that there's some ambiguity in that scene yeah. yeah yeah so then like this woman is like blabbering and blabbing turns out that she like she, she as we had seen in the past episode she gave a lot of information about Fatma to like other people I think it was the the family of the person who like ran O's over. So like she's she's clearly like acting in her own interest and she wanted something to do with that money since the beginning. While Fatma's just like crying and like Kadri is very curious about where she got the money to get the train tickets and like she's carrying like a wad of cash. Um and so she's like, I know you're doing something fishy. Um and then like Fatma's retort is that at least that's not her son's blood money, which of course we know that she's like very, very upset about that. And so she stabs this woman with the insulin, she passes out, um, the bus gets stopped. And so Fatma has a sound mind to change, like to give her ID to Kadri and get Kadri's ID. So she's able to get off the bus um, without issue. Although obviously extremely nervous, which Again, like, there's no way that with this woman's face, like, no one would suspect <laughs> that something's going on with her. So she gets off. She, like, walks away, sees, like, a truck stop. And so she decides to talk to the truck driver and ask him, like, to drop her off. So he, like, knows where her village is and, like, works with a union or whatever that's, like, very close by. So she, he takes her there. And, like, she tells him that her name's Mine and, like, they have a little conversation, whatever. And so then they get to the truck stop and he's, like, well, she she got a call from the author while they're, like, having some tea. And the author is, like, where are you? Like, I, can you come to my house today? And she basically says, like, I'm never coming back. And that's when the guy's, like, wait, are you on the run? Like, what's going on? Please don't get me in trouble. And she just, like, tells him the story about her husband, obviously, without telling him any of the other stuff. But the guy seems pretty like nervous about it anyway. So then um, we see her go between some trucks and make a phone call, but we don't know who she's calling. And she gets to her village. She like, oh, and then we get a voiceover narration from our friend, the author, which was kind of out of place if you ask me. But he's like talking about how Fatma has only taken this bus three times. The first was when they took... Um, owes to Istanbul to see if he could get treatment for his autism. Um, the second was when I think he says to tell her husband that owes has died. Yeah. And then the third was to, in her journey to rediscover herself or something, I think he says. So she's like walking through the village, gets flashbacks of when she was a kid um, with her sister and like 
she goes back to this old house and like sees I guess this shirt that belonged to I don't know her father or the guy that assaulted her I don't know um but she's just like having some memories there and then um uh, me meets Vidam for tea and she arrives in a taxi which is kind of odd I guess and basically he's like I don't even they have this conversation that I can't even remember <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember anything that was like important about that conversation but I guess he's just like telling her that her sister is a bad person and oh and he says like well how come you live such a luxurious life and your sister lives really badly um and they talk about like how when they were kids and all the stuff oh and she t- she tells him about a game they used to play where they would run and like always keep up but we don't get the answer as to isn't this conversation where she threatens him or is that later yeah she says like i can hold my own like don't you dare try to think that you can step all over me um and she also tricks him into grabbing her phone and then she gets his fingerprints oh on yeah her. and it then she dope. calls the police yeah 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 and she calls the police yeah yeah lots of, lots of trickery from the sisters love it yeah and so then Fatma's walking down the road and she meets up with this woman I guess she knew from the village and she's pregnant so she like makes a little small talk and then she like basically asks about Zafer just to find out if he is in the village in fact and the woman's like yeah yeah oh I'm very sorry for your loss but I I've seen Zafer but he hasn't talked to me so I haven't told him that I'm sorry for his loss so there Fatma like confirms that Zafer is in fact in town and she like like crazy runs down into town <laughs> and like puts her hand into her purse like we all I mean I don't know I guess you guys also assumed it I'm just gonna assume for everyone that we assume that she's grabbing the gun to mm-hmm. shoot him in a very public place um and like as they've played this game a lot of times before in the show like I thought maybe it wasn't Safed then it turns out it is Safed and she's like clenching something in her hand when he turns around and it's it's some envelopes that she got i don't know from who i guess from the like it's lawyers the, or it's whatever. The, yeah the envelope from kadri uh, at the beginning mm. of the episode oh okay 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 so she like basically says to him like i can't believe you left us alone and you took your kid's blood money like this is horrifying i just wanted a better life for my kid and he's like well you ruined my life like kind of basically blaming her for having an autistic son and for wanting to go to Istanbul to find like a better life for her son. Um, and then also revealing that she was like damaged goods and that he like saved her by marrying her. So like now I guess it all clicks into place. Like she was definitely like either assaulted or, or like raped or molested or something by her neighbor and the whole town knew about it and like nobody did anything. And so she says, you know, like I, I don't think I'm damaged. Like she basically says like, I'm not damaged goods. Like the people who are bad people are the people who knew about this and no one did anything or said anything. Those are like the real bad people. And basically like, he's like, Oh, you don't know how much I suffered in prison. Like I didn't want to go back. And she says like, well, you don't know how bad it was out here with like me and just with those, like it was miserable. And, you know, it's been really hard for me too. Um, And the guy is kind of an asshole. Yeah, he like blames her for everything. And huge asshole. And then she says that like the whole story with Yusuf, I don't remember how much of it she tells, but she tells a little part. And she's like, well, that's when I found out that this gun is yours. And 
So it turns out that that call she was making in between the trucks was a call to the police to let them know that she like uh, witnessed an illegal or she knew about a gun that had been used in a crime. And so she gives, she like gives him the gun and he like drops it in the ground. And then like, oh, it wasn't Yusuf. It was the bald guy that she pushed under the train. And then um, she puts on her, her scarf and it turns out the police are coming to get him. So he's going back to jail, it seems. Um, and then Fatma is back at the, at the station, at that, not the station, at the, at the freighters union thing. And she's like meeting this guy, Sardar again, who's like the same truck driver that she, she had talked to before. And so she like was asking for him and she, and he like comes in um, and she asks him like when he's going back to Istanbul. Uh, Cause I guess she wants to like hitch a ride with him. And I don't know if anything else happened. I can't remember in that part, but like, I think that's the end. Just said she has one more yeah. thing to do. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, sorry. My recap was, I got lost. In <laughs> that's okay. Did you, did you also mention Sophia that, uh, and I might've missed this, that in the exchange that Fatma and Zafat had in the market, Zafat also specifically said that the time he spent in jail was like the worst ever and he could never ever go back to that. So it's like, the, like it was the best, like, well, I know we're gonna get to this, but that was like the best thing she could have done rather than yeah, kill him. Yeah, that's to a good point. Yeah. There. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't think I said it explicitly, but yeah. I mean, you're right. Probably That's not a crazy, complicated conclusion to draw about prison, but yeah. <laughs> I think prison, good? like, it depends what situation you're in. Like, for some people, it's, like, more than what they, like, if they live in extreme poverty, it's, like, better. Yeah. I, guess. I don't know. Also, if you've got, like, a gang protecting you or whatever, it's probably a little oh, bit more. I mean, based on like... Kara Para Ashk, best show of all time, sending you a shout out. Uh, prison is great. You just like live with a bunch of nice people and you cook together. Oh, in, and in most Turkish TV shows, it's pretty like it's yeah. like a frat. Yeah, it looks, it looks nice. like a great time. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious because like midnight is that movie called Midnight Express? Yeah. That like all of us yeah, Midnight Express. Like that was like Turkish prisons like became a whole like meme of like the worst <laughs> ever. And then like meanwhile, every piece of Turkish media is like. Oh, <laughs> What a I think literally <laughs> when we were going abroad like they mentioned it I think Alijan mentioned it like don't do bad stuff remember Midnight Express yeah which I definitely never watched like it's still there's a lot of uh things that shouldn't be as triggering for Turkish people but are still extremely triggering and Midnight Express is <laughs> people will lose it I, as a Colombian, very yeah. much understand that certain things are extremely triggering. Yeah, especially yeah, especially with media, yeah. Yeah, yeah every time yeah. I watch a movie now, <laughs> I think about it, and I'm like, oh my god, why did they have to use Colombia for the bad guys? Stop it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Make, it's, it's like... like it, just make up countries for yeah. stuff like that, TBH. Like, you're gonna yeah. offend someone no matter what. I have like such a pet peeve when they make Bogota like really hot. It's like friends. It's like <laughs> it's always all, freezing. All it's like the Arctic in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I feel like 
in the U.S., we have this image of San Francisco being like that or Seattle, but then like Bogota was next yeah. level because <laughs> it was also higher. Well, also, you, my house is very cold. <laughs> it's by like the mountain. Okay, so let's move on into our gossip slash banter slash spilling the non-existent tea section officially. Uh, So (laughs) what would we like to talk about first? Should we talk about the whole Cosmie debacle? Like just like diabetes, the blanket excuse. (laughs) You know, I am not a doctor, uh, but I'm not sure that diabetes causes claustrophobia. I think that's probably yeah well I mean I can tell you my dad's a diabetic and like I know a lot about diabetes from that well not a lot but just does, does your dad require the window seat and like tell you just no because you're stressing him out because of his diabetes no no um no. I also I don't know I feel like all the symptoms she's having doesn't seem like she's eating well because like if she's feeling that bad no she's definitely not I'm kind of worried about her regimen oh now Ismael's dead my whole life is ruined so I don't think she's like doing anything I I loved when she just walked into uh, Fatma's shack and complaining whining complaining whining the whole walk over to the couch plopped down at like the prime spot on the couch and like started demanding demands that Fajma give her a shot in her ass I mean come on and that's another thing like I have a big question like why couldn't she inject herself like it's very confusing that she had to well those little pens are made so you can inject yourself but maybe she was like skittish about it and so Ismail did it weird power flex yeah it's I feel like it would be better if you do it because like if somebody else does it Kind of like more painful i don't know she literally like tossed it she was like set it to like position three like you can do that what? okay <laughs> so this is the question then yeah when fatma on the bus was like twisting the thing was she making it she got to, so like, that she shot her with head. too much insulin and that's my that's the that's my belief but it's hard to with her it's hard to tell when it's like intentionally murderous Fatma or like Fatma who like goes into some other state (laughs) and kills or or you know maims yeah or if it just was like she passed out because she didn't get the insulin in time or something I don't know it wasn't unclear yeah there's definitely ambiguity there like you said earlier um the intentionality of it also even like the consequence like was she I think they would have, would they have already put her in a bag if she That's what I was dead? thinking. They maybe would have put a sheet on but her But they head weren't, like, working yeah. to wake her up, you know? So I, I felt like she was dead, but. So but I she could be in a coma, because I think you can go into comas yeah. easily if you're diabetic. Yeah, it might be that her, like, pulse and everything was stable. They so just they left her sitting there. Didn't need to. They didn't need to, like, intervene, but it's going to take her a minute to come to. A minute that Fosma exploited very yes, well. She did. She's getting <laughs> so crafty. Yeah, I kind of I kind of miss 
but they didn't like build up the character just like from one day to the next she like became crafty and like cold-minded and like could things think things over because she was like so impulsive I think there was a shift see that didn't that didn't stick stand out to me because I thought on screen they showed even a shift in her like the way she kind of like carries herself and and looks and talks in that forest scene with Yusuf I felt like that was a real okay okay pivotal moment where she became I can very cold-blooded I can agree Um, with that also is Kadriya from like another place? She has a, a very different accent, I feel like. They, uh, no. I don't know. They all kinda they all kind of just have a generic rural accent, which I don't know if it's okay. necessarily from <laughs> from the region they're from, but I because I don't know myself. But yeah, we were talking um, about because we're watching this show for my Turkish class. Shout out to Turkish Connection if you want Turkish classes. Um, and we were talking about how difficult it is to understand these characters as opposed to a lot of other Turkish shows where it's a lot clearer when they talk. Huh. Yeah, yeah Kadri, I, de- I definitely could not understand most <laughs> words. There's, there's not much, there wasn't much being said, much, not much nuance there anyway, so it's fine. It's like diabetes, diabetes, Windows Street, <laughs> diabetes, money, diabetes. <laughs> okay, so we did Kadri. Should we do Emine? I want... Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know, because I was about to switch gears to this a second ago, and I interrupted Sophia <laughs> in the process, um, but I did not know she went by Mine in Istanbul, because we've only seen her interact with Fatma, who calls her by her right. actual name, Emine, and it's, it's only a letter difference, but just for our listeners, Emine is like a very old-fashioned name, it's, it's, uh, definitely from arabic it might even be someone in the i mean i'm sure it's someone in the quran i just don't know who because that's terrible um and mine is i don't know what the origin of mine is it's just missing the e at the front from emine but it's just a much it's got a much more modern secular connotation to it than emine so it's a subtle difference but in a very easy way to change your brand by just shedding one letter (laughs) but yeah that was that was interesting. I I yeah, hadn't picked up on that. Interesting. I found, I found the something on Wikipedia <laughs> about the name Emine. Go for it. It says it's an Arabic origin given name used for females in Turkey. It has three major meanings: one whom you can trust and believe; one who is benign and innocuous; one who is fearless and courageous. Oh. Okay, so Emine argued... is like sure like the word amine so amine is like feminine okay that makes sense Uh, okay it says it is also argued that the word means beautiful (laughs) um and apparently like it it is from like it could be uh like a it's not quran an arabization of the word amina yeah that's what i thought it is the name was one of the 16th century Ottoman feminine names recorded in Istanbul. Okay, so it's not Quranic, but yeah, I always thought it was the uh, I thought it was the Turkified version of Amina. But mm. yeah, that's what it says. Interesting. And then they just have a list of famous Aminas, like Erdogan's wife, most famous. <laughs> I don't think they have her. That's weird. Oh man, no comment. 
can't say anything. Oh nice no, they do. They do. Emine Erdogan, okay. 1955. Okay, so Emine is like. I guess she actually got freaked out by that call in the forest. And so she's hunting for Fosbob. Yeah, cares. but I mean, wouldn't her her nephew brutally dying have been more of a jarring thing for her than like a random dropped phone call? Or like a visit to the shack. Like the visit to the shack made her realize that yeah. Fosma had like literally no one to turn yeah. to in her life. Like, hello. hello. <laughs> yeah. She's been coming to you to have tea. Well, I don't. I don't know if this. I mean, this is a very like cynical way of viewing it, but like maybe I don't know. Like, probably taking care of Ous was like very difficult. So like maybe she thought like, oh, maybe Fatma's life will be easier now or something horrible like that. She probably did. Yeah, justify it to her, justify her own lack of caring and mourning to to that like she probably projected that onto Fatma at least subconsciously but then like when she is like when someone literally stands like Kadria stands across from her and says it and she sees for herself where her big sister has been living while she lives in probably luxury based on how she dresses yeah Yeah. Um, idiot (laughs) (laughs) so I don't know if this is my uh, fondness for the actress from again the best show of all time Karapara Ashk um, but when she was in that scene and she was absolutely taking Bairam to school I was so excited I was like yes I'm team Fine all the way that was like the one of the good things she's ever done on this show so hope to see more of that yeah I'm just kind of surprised that they're sorry I was going to say, I hope to see them join forces next episode since they were both super crafty independently this episode. Yeah. I'm just kind of surprised that like now she's a, a good guy after being so crappy for most of the episodes. Like, I just want to say to like the scriptwriters, like, you're not going to redeem her from one episode to the next for me in my book. At yeah, least. I think because of my fondness towards her, I she's redeemed in my book from that one situation but well, she's still, she's still pretty self-serving yes. so I, I would say she's redeemed nor were they trying to redeem her completely um but she's taking steps in the right direction because she herself personally was attacked which is I mean better than her doing nothing in prior episodes so we'll see yeah I think I feel like they're building her up for something because this is the penultimate episode yeah. um yeah I have a fear that it is that she has something to do with the cover-up and Safir's disappearance through her husband um and that could be really ugly next episode yeah I'm expecting next episode to be a bloodbath (laughs) followed by a cliffhanger followed by what (laughs) oh a cliffhanger yeah because I think I think they the plan is to do more of this so if they just like wrap it all up nicely it's gonna right. not make sense so I'm sure it's gonna be brutal and then like end in a way that'll be brutal to us as we wait <laughs> for more did you guys want to kill Ismail again like I did after that you know flashback with the phone call where Ismail was like we we hit the jackpot I mean <laughs> autistic boy guy I wanted to kill him by the rich people. again more 
last episode when we realized yeah. that his uh, stalker prank phone calls were the reason that Oz died. But I uh, agree that yeah. it gave me a third reason to want to see him re-killed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of felt bad because I thought that they had ch- they had kids. So, like, that there were some kids, like, have had <laughs> so her baby just taken got, care like, of by Kadri. imaginary Kadri Ismail kids running around the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I imagined their children. But I guess you guys are right. I don't remember... I don't know. She was doing like air, like one time she was doing laundry, and I guess I don't know. I assumed that they. Yeah, she had like. I don't know. She had like a hundred pounds of shit in her arms <laughs> one time. Yeah. My was too drunk and obsessed with Fatma to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. He probably, if they had kids, he's probably like active. He probably had been actively exploiting them, like making them labor somewhere, somewhere out of the picture. <laughs> I want to go back to Fatma's bus escape for a second because her scoping out the friendly truck driver was so brilliant. Like that's like such a great move that I will probably use at some point. (laughs) Like you see a guy feeding a stray dog. uh, You can probably trust that person. Absolutely. That was, yeah, that was very nice. She's so smart now, suddenly, (laughs) not suddenly. I mean, they built it up, but. She was really just, reached new She was levels. just repressed before. Yeah, now she's cunning. And the intelligence continues with the Zafar entra- entrapment. Oh Are we ready to God. talk about Let's that? Let's do it. Let's do it. It was so great. That was incredible. I also didn't see it coming. I also didn't see it coming, which yeah. I love. I love scenes like that. So I, I totally bought the, when they showed her like with her arm out, I thought that was a gun yep. for sure. Completely fell for it. And then... It was a paper and then she pulled the gun out and he grabbed it from her. And I was like, Oh no, like I can totally see where this is going. Like he still has this power over her and this is just going to be Fatima cowering. And then like next episode, she'll get her revenge, (laughs) but it turned out so great. Yeah. It was incredible. And I, they, I love it when they do those, like, like they tie up the loose ends, but you don't even because it's so short, you don't realize that there's a loose end in there. Like I could have forgotten about that truck phone standing call, between yeah. the trucks on the phone thing forever, but they went back and got it and they reminded yeah. us of it. And I was like, damn, that was yeah. masterful. I love that. Yeah, for sure. But so now I have my plot okay. hole questions regarding that because um well, the, the gun's there, so now I guess they know who killed Yusuf, who was killed by the gun. Yeah, Zafar did it. And yeah. Shevket. Zafar did, did all it. of it, yeah. But don't, well, but then then that leaves Ekbar and um, what's the other guy that she killed? Oh, well, Ismail. Ekbar. And there's well, another Ismail guy. Ismail looks like an accident, I think. I don't think there's anyone okay. suspects foul play. Ekbar okay. is like yeah, it has yeah. a loose end. Unless, you know, I don't know. Yeah, Because from what I understand, the, the crime that has the police out on the look is Ekbar's crime. Like, right, other right. crimes are like, what else? I think that... So that means yeah. that, like, they're still looking for her. Or they could just assume that Zafar did the Ekbar murder because he was... In association with Bayram's right, organization. Exactly. He just didn't use that particular gun. Mm. But But what about that like those photos that they have of Fatma 
that like don't look like anything but definitely look more like a woman than a man yeah yeah i don't know i mean the police are probably dumb enough in this show to just like be like oh yeah i don't know she must have just been there at the wrong time it's a woman guys (laughs) no (laughs) yeah it's a woman she looks very scared she's paranoid but she definitely didn't do it well remember (laughs) in the very first episode they showed like her at a police station and then like slapping down photos of people she'd killed and then it was like uh who like forced you to do this or something so we're still like going towards that scene i guess yeah fair point they're not gonna believe that she masterminded any of it yeah do you guys think that the one last actually maybe we don't maybe we don't want to talk about the the last thing she says i was gonna ask about the one last job or one last thing to do statement but i think we still need to talk about the village stuff like the revelations about Zafar's circumstances in marrying Fatma with the assault and and whatnot I mean I think they were childhood crushes of one another so he so I think like there was affection there for real but I mean very clearly he went along with the misogynistic toxic blame game victim blaming game and felt like he was doing a great saintly service to her by marrying her like anything that was innocent and pure in terms of love earlier in their lives it got tainted by this uh horrible worldview so I mean that was gross (laughs) but my question there is like why didn't he just like then um not marry someone else like I'm this is gonna sound crappy but like I'm sure he married her also because he didn't have any other options because if he's gonna hold it against her and like he's really so unhappy about everything and I guess obviously having O's made it everything worse but like why couldn't he just marry someone I mean, else maybe if he was so upset about it he could have but they probably would have killed her like they probably the family probably would have killed her oh god Pro- like really? honor killing probably Oof. yeah so like he was That's probably horrible. like well i mean i'm, I'm gonna do this because the alternative is her dying so i mean it's a horrible situation for everyone obviously she was also like seven years old. Come on. Or like it still happens. It still happens in Turkey and in I mean all over, all over the world. I was really proud of how Fatma handled herself in that confrontation though, because she was like, it wasn't my fault. And like I wasn't the problem in our marriage. Like, why were you so cold to me? And yeah. like, um, then she's like, I'm not scared. You should be scared. And it was great. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I was also curious if the, because that, that the woman who recognized her on the street, the pregnant one, I wonder if in general people would treat Fatma like that after the revelation about like her also having been assaulted and then like the only way that her and her family were saved from the humiliation of that was humiliation in air quotes by the way to our <laughs> listeners um uh was uh through Zafaj agreeing to marry her so I'm wondering if like everyone was chill with like they didn't ha- they didn't harbor a stigma against her because she got married or if that one woman in particular was like kind 
um, I don't know what like the village's attitude toward her is and her sister is I guess also her sister must have been married off too because I feel like there was a flashback I don't know if they were talking about Fatma or Aminev but they were talking about someone as a young child who wouldn't even understand the concept of marriage and yet like she's going to be married off oh, so I'm wondering if Aminev got I don't yeah, know if I too. or Fatma got married off or both. And if so, who did Emine get married off to? Is that who she's oh, married wow. to now? Probably not. If, if not, how did she get out of that? <laughs> a lot of questions. But I actually thought that probably Emine is still married to that guy. And that's why like, they married her off to like some wealthy guy. Some because they creeper. couldn't do that with, with Fatma yeah. because she was tainted. Oh, so you think Emine didn't get assaulted? I thought no, they both I think did. Fatma. I think Fatma was able to protect her. Well, I think that was a whole. Oh. Well, was Fatma a story. made a big thing out of like trying to protect her sister. Yeah, so I, I'm okay. hoping that she was able I to. I disagree. Her. I think Emine okay. was assaulted, and that's why there's like so much tension between them. Like, not that that should be a reason, but that Emine blames Fatma. There's just a lot of trauma that, that hasn't happening been. to her. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, it's definitely ambiguous, but I'm, I'm leaning towards Sammy's view, but I mean, I don't know, we, I don't know, hopefully they, I mean, I kind of don't want them to reveal more, because it's a very uh, disturbing storyline, but yeah, it's not clear. <laughs> yeah, and it's also, it also became very clear that Fatma, if Fatma was to want to, like, retire from the serial killing life and go live a peaceful life in the village, she cannot go back to that fucking village. She couldn't. She could go somewhere no. else. Yeah, that is pure toxicity after her childhood plus marriage. Yeah, and Zafar is a huge goddamn Everything. asshole. And I hope he spends yeah. the rest of his life in prison. He, he probably will, because at least one murder yeah. charge. <laughs> and they'll never suspect her. That's been very clear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you get, think of the... Oh, no. sorry. Were you going to go to the last thing or no? No. Take take us there, Eski. Take us home. Oh, thank you. Yes. What do you guys think the one last thing is? My theory is Bidem and or the rich family that ran over her son. Yeah, I don't think it's Byron. Yeah. Um, I definitely think it has to do. It could be the money, though. Like getting the money, the bl- oh. like whatever's left of the blood money, so she can go oh. and start a new life. That would be nice. That would be a very hopeful future for her. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, I mean, she's honestly, like, if she wanted just revenge or whatever, she would have killed this guy and I could imagine her killing him like really aggressively violently but the fact that she like took the more strategic approach makes me think that she'll try to take a more strategic approach Hmm. till the end yeah I hope so I do think I think it's going to be something to do with the family getting revenge on the family um but I think unless they reveal that like the uh son was you know on drugs or drunk or something i don't think he should be the focus of her anger so maybe it will be silver fox lawyer who we think is probably emine's husband yeah that's my guess yeah 
yeah that's true we have had we've had this theory for almost the entire time we've been yeah. discussing this show and i think they need to i think she's gonna go back to and murder him to get revenge nice but we also gonna be bloody. we know that the writer predicted his own death right so like somehow he's gonna be involved maybe yeah. i don't know we didn't we didn't talk about this but i'm very confused by his narration because it's so accurate so i'm wondering if what they're showing us today is imagined like made up and then next episode they're going to show what really happened like this is what happens in this in the author's storyline and then next episode we're going to get what happens in the real that's a cool theory i like that i would be really mad if that were true but (laughs) Just kidding, everything you've seen is just the writer's theory. <laughs> yeah, maybe, literally, maybe it's all just what the writer has imagined for Fatma, and she just has a very normal... And, yet, and then do we, do we have life. a bonus episode on more infuriating metafiction? Yes. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, wow, I really hope that's not the case. It was all a dream. <laughs> Should we move on into the history section? Yes. Okay. So today, the history section will be led, expounded on, and talked about by our resident Ottoman history star, Eski. <laughs> She's so prepared for this, and I'm just going to let her take so it away. Prepared. Thank you. I present you all with my, my dissertation <laughs> on, on Bidejik. I will be defending it before the system <laughs> committee. No. With uh, with yeah, with the help of two Wikipedia articles, so <laughs> we're talking about Bidejik because it's the province in northwestern Anatolia that Bozuyuk, which is the big-ish town near Fatma's village. I didn't catch the name of her village, but it's basically because the the writer said it, but I totally missed what the name of the village itself was, so I can't validate if it's a real village or not. Probably is. But it's near the town of Bozuk, which is the second biggest town in the province of Bidejik. And similar to other Turkish provinces, the province is named the same as the biggest city. So the biggest city in Bidejik is Bidejik. But that being said, it's not that big of a city. It's only got about the town itself. The city of Bidejik only has like 50,000 people uh, presently. The whole province has about 66,000 people. So you can imagine um, how small all of it is although it's very close to Eskisher which is where uh, as Sophia mentioned the bus was going to that Fatma and Kazria were on and it's also not that far from Bursa so it's yes it's independently kind of a small uh, area it's definitely got a lot of like green and feels more rural but it's quite close also like Istanbul continues to expand so probably it'll just uh, swallow Bidejik at this rate who knows <laughs> so it was uh, it, it's it's been around since um, pre-Ottoman times pre even Satchuk like Turkish tribe times uh, I think it was I forget what the uh, give me one second to figure out what the uh, former name there was like a Byzantine name for it that I can't remember now or find Anyway, there is an Eastern uh, Roman Empire name. Oh, 
or maybe Greek, the, the, the Bastion. I don't know. Until until 1231, it was called the Bastion. But um, anyway, it was settled by a tribe of the Satchuk or Seljuk, um, is the anglicized ver version of Satchuk, but the Seljuk uh, Turks. It uh, was settled in, by them in the 13th century originally, and the head of the the tribe at the time was Arturo, who was the father of Osman, this, who who. This might be the time for me to confess my obsession with Tirolish Arturo, the show. You and you and my mom both I'm obsessed <laughs> with it. He is the best. My God, that is. Oh, I have so many opinions. <laughs> I'm not going to share. Uh, <laughs> Do you like the long uh, religious uh, asides that the, the imam gives um, to? Yeah, uh, Ibn Arabi, I love his stories. His voice is so soothing. <laughs> oh my God, it's all, it's all government <laughs> I propaganda. I know, but Go I fucking it. love it. Happy to do a spinoff <laughs> podcast with your mom where we discuss how wonderful of a show it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. You guys can discuss that. Also, I... Esgi, I went back in the show and I found the name of the town. Oh, yeah. And it's Dodura. Dodura. Which is the okay. name oh, of Arturo's uncle's tribe. Dodur, Dodurga? Yeah, the name of the tribe. No. Yeah. Okay. It was one of the 24 Oos tribes from the Bozok wing, the tribe of Icon. I don't know what that means. Wow. I, I just read something that I had no clue what that meant. There were a lot of uh, ch chieftains of these tribes. So of the um, the one that became the Osmanli tribe, uh, Arturo was the patriarch. The Kaya tribe. He was. He settled the. Yeah, the Kaya tribe. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and then uh, yeah, so Osman. Well, so Arturo conquered what is now Bidejik which was, I guess, the first, this really was the first true capital of the Ottoman dynasty because that's where the Ottoman dynasty started. And then Orhan, um, I think Orhan, the son of Osman uh, and the grandson of Arturul was the one to capture Bursa, which became, I, I'm going to confirm that though. Um, and that became the main cap, the main and what's considered now the first true capital of the Ottoman Empire because it was obviously the biggest city in that area other than Constantinople, which took about another hundred or so years to conquer um, by Mehmed, of course. So uh, yeah, so Bidejik is the birthplace of Osman, the founder of the Ottoman dynasty and uh, has a lot of, like there are um, life-size statues of, uh, the early Ottoman leaders. Uh, they weren't quite sultans at that point officially, but what we would now call sultans. And uh, they've got museums dedicated to Arturul and um, like an eth ethnographic museum that has objects from that, that have survived from that era. So it's a huge part of the area's identity and also a big draw for tourism now, thanks to shows <laughs> like Dididish um, Arturul. And now there's a an Osman show too that 
continues from where the actual rules show left off done by the same people it's probably going to continue all the way to the end of the ottoman empire's history <laughs> they're just gonna have extremely high, high production value shows and uh what else my family happens to be from Bidijik, my my mom's my mom's mom's side of the family. Um, we still have a lot of relatives there. And yeah, it's really pretty. I haven't, I don't, I don't think I've been since I, I was a child, if even then. So I have like no personal experience that I can recount. But the photo, my mom and grandma went a few years ago on a trip that I wasn't on. <laughs> um, and it looked very pretty in all the photos. Uh, it's very green still, like I said, and relatively under underdeveloped but in a good way like in a there aren't too many people ruining things <laughs> way so um unlike like Istanbul so yeah it's uh it, it's an interesting uh smaller part of of that region of Turkey which has a lot of big cities and a lot of history there and uh Fatma's from that region what more could you ask it's really <laughs> That's my, that's my conclusion. Oh Thank my you. gosh. Wow. You passed. That was incredible. Yes. Yeah, so I'll accept my, uh, my degree now. Any, anytime you can provide wow. it. Wow. Um, yeah. And get ready for when we do an actual podcast. Cause it's going to be dope. <laughs> so goddamn episodes of that too. There's oh only like more than 500 episodes of that show. There will be a segment, like there'll be a counter argument to, uh, the imam dude's stories that I read <laughs> in every episode. <laughs> Don't believe it. The best is actually the blacksmith stories. He always tells stories to these like little children oh. and they're so violent and everyone dies in the end and all these little children are like, yay! <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Wait, what show is this? I'm very confused. Uh, it's, it's called Diri Lish Arturul. It's on Netflix. It's fucking fabulous. Um, How did you discover this, Sammy? It was... Turkish class? Uh, no, I was like looking for shows. My Turkish class would never endorse that show. <laughs> yeah. I was looking for shows, uh, Turkish shows to watch for our family. And it was it's described as Turkish Game of Thrones, although it's quite different. Um, but it's a, yeah, it's like, a good comparison. It's a good comparison. So we've been watching it as a family. We went through the first 80 episodes, which is the first season, and it's fabulous. And now the Mongols are here, and shit is going oh, down. Oh, wow. Oh, so the it's set, like in the Middle Ages or something. Yeah, it's in like the 13th century. 1200. Yeah. Um, so the yeah, enemies so in the first season are the Templars, and they're terrible. And the second season is the Mongols. But wait, aren't, the, are Mo- <laughs> aren't the Mongols the fir- like the first Turks? Uh, they're not I mean, they, they diverged quite <laughs> a long time ago and they are the enemy yeah. they are so horrible oh my god uh, well yeah I mean in, in general they were pretty horrible I, <laughs> I don't know about in real life but in the show they are just the worst oh yeah, I, I mean, mean yeah, they were for sure at war with the with the Sajuk like tribes for sure they were mm-hmm. at war with them yeah. alright well thank you to Ezgi for that fabulous history section We 
are going to now move on into our favorite and final section, which is what the fuck hit list and Sultan of success. Um, I don't have that many what the fucks for this episode. I just had my big one was, uh, well, big two were um, Kaji is just like diabetes. <laughs> Everything like yeah, WTF, stop talking, Kadri, you're so annoying. And then, like, does your diabetes also make you this annoying? It doesn't cause <laughs> that. And then <laughs> number two was uh, WTF, Amy Nesper, getting really aggressive and sassy with a guy who was obviously yes. a gangster. Like, what are you doing? Shut up. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. The My biggest what the fuck is just the entire Kadri journey um and it put me in mind of when you as you went to Rome with someone oh. who was annoying clearly not cadre level annoying but traveling with new people can be very hard yeah yes yeah my travel partner was awful <laughs> True. not like I have diabetes and I need the window seat and also I took blood money for your son's <laughs> death off <Okay>. pretty annoying <laughs> Um, Sophia, did you have any what the fucks? Okay, let me think. Well, first, the police officer asking Emine to identify her sister from some really blurry looking pictures. <laughs> like, come That's on. That's a good one. Like, come on, dude. Like, nobody can identify who that is. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? My other what the fuck? I, I do think that the writer voiceover was very what the fuck and yeah. uncalled for. Yeah. And that's why I think it has to serve a purpose because it was very unnecessary. So that's why I have to find a way to explain it, which is by subverting the whole plot of the show. But we will see. Oh, just what the fuck is that fair? Horrible human being. Hated every word he said. Yep, yep, yep. Um, that's a good one. Also, what the fuck not finding out if Kadriya dies or not. That bugs me a lot. <laughs> Um, yeah, and yeah, it feels upsetting. like if they spent time reason. on her in the final episode, that would be pretty stupid. Yeah. Okay, then also, what the fuck, Fatma? Like, if she always knew that her husband didn't want to go to Istanbul, why didn't she go look for him in the village? She did. That's what we learned from the writer's voiceover is that she, when Oz died, she went to the village to try and find him. But I guess she didn't do a good job. Oh. So, okay, because I was confused about that because the first thing that she says to him is, your son died. Yeah, yeah. So that confused me as to whether she was, that, that visit was the time she went to tell her son that her her husband, that her son died, or if there's going to be a third time when she's going to go and find herself. No, I think this was her finding herself. At least that's okay. how I saw it. Okay. Yeah, I think those are my what the fucks. All right, Fatwa's hit list. So um, for me, I know Ezgi said the very uh, truthful and profound thing that Zafer will be so miserable in prison that it's better than killing him, but I still would like to see her kill him. So he's at the top of my hit list for her. She's tricky though. He's yeah, she could do it. She... I think the, the rich family there needs, to, there needs to be some consequences there. Yeah. Mm. I think, honestly, like, in order to fulfill what the writer had written down, 
I think it has to be the writer. Yeah. I have to stand by my. Oh, it's only because yeah, of that. It's yeah. Because you want to see him brutally murdered for yeah. his mansplaining of chess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see anyone brutally murdered. I just think <laughs> I don't like him. Sorry, and Sophia's code of like ethics is very scary. <laughs> it's very intense. Mansplain. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sultan of Success, I nominate. Well, Fatma is like obvious, but Amina is my uh, mm. unique nominee. That's a good one. Um, I loved when she took down Byram. That was awesome. I had on my list the truck driver, whose name I believe was Serdar. Oh. Um, yeah, that was Serdar. Yeah, he seems like a great guy, just truck driving this lady around, giving her really good life advice. Um, you know, he's doing great. I think he might be on the hit list, to be honest with you. He might be collateral damage. I, there was yeah. a, I there was a so. moment in the episode where I was like, oh, the truck stop is next to her village. Like, oh, shit, I bet he was her abuser. But the, the ages, oh, he wasn't God. old enough to make it work. No. Well, and he, he kept referring to her as if she were way older than him. Well, he was like. I mean, it's yeah. The 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 use of abla in that context is to indicate that they're it's old fashioned, but it's to indicate that you see the person as a sister and therefore would never have any untoward intentions or member of the opposite sex, if you will. So he was immediately setting that boundary by he started to use that word as soon as he learned her name. Sophia, who do you want to be Sultan of Success? Hmm. I mean, honestly, I don't have anyone. I mean, it should be Fatma, right? If we're being real. Yeah. I mean, the trickery was next level. The plotting. Yeah. It was good. Well, and I also loved how she said the things she said in such an articulate way, you know? And like, was like refuting everything that he said. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, you're right. Like these people suck. Everyone sucks, and you've had a miserable life. <laughs> yeah, it's true. All right, I think we'll give it to Fatma, and we'll say just blanket statement: Turkish TV time does not endorse serial murdering, but she had a pretty good episode, despite that tendency. Yeah, if we're gonna have to have it, like, she yeah, you might as well, well do it in style. <laughs> so thank you guys all so much for listening we'll be back to you guys next time with episode six where we find out how everything ends how Sophia's nemesis the writer is killed and hopefully how Fatima uh, pulls everything together and goes off to live on a Caribbean island I want that for her thank you again for listening and we will talk to you guys next time